Now, the theme, since I walked through the door, thank you, Dave. won't be using this too much, but I might as well actually make use of it since it's here. Um, the theme, since I walked through the door in worship, was have no fear. Or at least that's what I got from it, was have no fear. And that's exactly what I've been thinking about all week. That God wants to say to each of us tonight, have no fear. Whatsoever. Three words, have no fear. We want to speak about the peace of God tonight. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. I want to ask you a question. What is it that scares you? What is it right now as you're sitting in this room... That is tickling in the back of your mind. That if you actually give it too much thought, you know your heart will begin to race. This thing freaks me out. It worries me. It gets me on edge. It gives me tension. Whatever it is. We'll break it up into three categories. It could be something in your past. It could be something in the yesterday. Something you did. Something that happened to you. Something that traumatized or scarred you. Or something that's still weighing you down and pulling on you like a chain. Yesterday. Or something that's in today, some uncertainty in today, or some feeling within yourself today that you just can't shake. And it's giving you anxiety, you're worried, I'm scared. And we all have those moments. Or it could be something in your future. What am I going to do next? Where am I going to do next? Who am I going to meet next? I just don't know. It could be something within yourself, or what's going to happen to me next? It could be internal, or it could be external. Now, this verse is going to be really the center, but there is so much more around it. Now, I feel like God is just, while I was sitting there and thinking about it, He was telling me, have no fear. But as He says, have no fear, He actually accompanies it with a reason. He doesn't expect you to just say, have no fear, and then that's it. You'll just, you'll have no fear. Everything will be fine. No, He actually gives a very, 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 substantial reason as to why you should have no fear. And he says it here. Psalm 23, 4, he says it in the, I think it says it 365 times in the Bible. Do not, 300 and higher? Lower? Whatever. Let's, okay. It's still heaps, okay. God wants to make a point that you should have no fear. There you go. said it better than me. Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Read the next few words. For you are with me. If he just told me, have no fear, and I'm leaving you on your own. Lord, of course I'm going to be scared. What? You're leaving me on my own. What can possibly protect me? Why would I have no fear? Of course I'll be scared. There is no reason why I should have no fear. But he says, have no fear, because I am with you. Because I am... Okay, once we get this I am with you concept in our heads, something massive will change. Alright? The second verse that popped into my head was My peace I give you yesterday night. God says, my, Jesus Christ... Okay, let's take this one bit by bit, okay? Jesus Christ is God. And God says, my peace, the peace that I feel constantly, all the time, I'm going to give to you. Does that not blow your mind? Okay, let's just, 
God, okay? God, let's analyze this piece of God, okay? In order to feel fear, or in order to feel some kind of anxiety, you have to feel threatened somehow, okay? So I'm going to ask you a Sunday school question. What can legitimately threaten God? True question. What can do it? Nothing. Nothing can threaten God. Nothing. So he's saying, I am in a state of constant, perfect peace. And I'm giving you this state. I, you can enter this perfect peace with me. Because I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you the, the same level of peace that I experience. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, then something is wrong with you. That's crazy. That's crazy. I've never understood it like that until yesterday night. I don't know why it took this long. My peace, my, not just any peace, my peace I give to you. My undiluted, incredible peace. Another thing you need to know about God's peace is it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. When a human being gets to feel this peace, it legitimately makes absolutely no sense. Everything, you'll be in a situation, I'll explain. You'll be in a situation where everything around you tells your brain you should be screaming and running and ducking for cover and you should be really scared. Everything around you is simply messed up. There is no way out. I, I can't see a solution. I don't know what's happening. And yet, at the same time, I just feel this overwhelming peace. I don't feel like I need to freak out. I don't feel like I need to panic. I don't feel like I'm worried or I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen, but at the same time, I don't feel worried or scared. I feel okay. Why does that happen? Because of the peace of God, the peace of Christ Himself that He gives to you. And it's defined by those moments when it comes, those crazy moments when nothing makes sense and God gives you His peace. That's how you know it's His peace. Because there is no other... There's no rational explanation for why you should be calm at this moment in time. And yet you are. And you can feel it distinctly. You're like, I am calm and I'm fine. And you feel this unbelievable just peace. Peace that comes from God. This is what Christ wants to say to each of you tonight. If you have any kind of fear, this peace is at your disposal. My peace I give you. Now notice it doesn't say I have given you or I will give you. I give you. It's actually a constant state of giving. He continues to give and give and give and give. You just have to receive. Where does this peace come from? We said it before like a billion times. Where does it come from? Come on guys. Three, three letters in this word. God. It comes from God. Where is God dwelling as a believer? If I'm a believer, where is God dwelling? In me. Okay? Christ is dwelling in me. This peace is actually a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Peace is one of them. When you're indwelt by Christ... All His qualities are at your disposal. If you let go of the wheel and let Him live through you, then that peace, His peace, 
is in you all the time. Why? Because Christ is in you all the time. The rest goes for the, the other fruits of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience. And they're all at your disposal because Christ is within you. They're all there. You just have to let go and let Him bring them out. Now, um, David says, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. If you know anything about David, or if you've read through the Psalms, he's written most of them, you'll know that David had a super, super rough life. This guy was just, from his youth, he was fighting a giant, he was leading armies, he was going out on raids, he was being hunted, got betrayed by his own son and his military leaders, he committed adultery and he killed a man, and he, like, just crazy events all throughout his life. And he writes for most of his sons in this desperation, he's like, Lord, save me, I need help, save me. And yet you get this man, and they say that he wrote some. Uh, 23 when he was actually an older man not when he was really young he wrote this when he'd actually gone into a bit of his life and experienced a walk with God and he says I shall fear no evil and the only reason he gives and the only reason God gives is for thou art with me for thou art with me look at more of the past I want us tonight to look at God's track record if you will, right? Because in order to feel this peace, this peace, we're speaking about, if we're speaking about the opposite of fear, it's actually faith. And this faith is where we get this peace. Why? Because I believe that God actually is with me. And once I believe that, once I know that, regardless of whether I believe it or not, or regardless of whether I feel it or not, it's true. Once that takes hold, something massive changes. You realize God is actually with me. <gasps> if God is actually with me, then what can be against me? What in my past can be against me? It's Christ who justifies. Who can condemn? Christ has given me His tick of approval. Who else can put a cross on me? No one. Christ has dealt with it. Christ has dealt with all of my past in all of its entirety. In all of its blackness or all of its... Whatever. It's gone. It's gone. There are no more skeletons to haunt me. It's gone. Completely in His sight. And I don't have to carry it anymore. What enemy in the present can come against me? And actually threaten me? We live in a world where... People or organizations like ISIS exist... People whose sole mission is to find, to barge into places like this, to kidnap people like you, and to make a public spectacle of what happens to people who believe what we believe. Do they threaten you? Do they threaten me? I shall fear no evil, for God is with me. They can kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. They can take my life, they can torture me, they can take my family, they can take my home, they can take everything from me, but not my soul from Christ's hand. 
you see people like, uh, like Peter. I want us to open to Acts 12, 1 to 10. We're just going to read this passage. Because this was really the main story that I was thinking of. There are heaps that I can show you and we'll go through later. But this one was the one that really, really caught my attention. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. Oh, does it sound familiar? Yes. yes it does. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. There you go. When he saw that this met with approval... Some among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. I just want you guys to realize what's happening today is not new. It's actually very, 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 very old. It's not new at all. It's been happening for thousands of years. Anyway, after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Have you got a picture of like how many soldiers? It's just it takes like a bunch of verses just to describe the kind of guard that was around him, right? Four soldiers, four soldiers, four soldiers, four soldiers. I think there are three sets of gates, or four sets of gates. I can't remember, but we'll read on anyway. And he's bound by two chains on each side, and he's sleeping in between them. And he's in like a very, very deep dungeon, past a bunch of gates, right? And now we get to verse 7. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. This is the verse that caught my attention. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. First time I read that, I actually reread it like three, four times. And like an angel actually hit a guy. And like that, that fascinated me. But what fascinated me more is that Peter was in... This man, okay, is on death row pretty much. There have been, a bunch, there have been uh, other followers of Christ who have been arrested and murdered just in the weeks that are prior, right? And Herod knows that the Jews love executing followers of Christ. So he captures Peter and he's like, I'm going to bring him out to trial. Trial, yeah, right. And then he's going to be executed. So he was about to bring him out, but the night before, this happens. So this man is on death row. Peter is sleeping in prison knowing... That tomorrow, if not tomorrow, the day after, he's going to wake up and be beheaded and die. And he's sleeping so deeply, so soundly, so peacefully, that an angel has to kick him to wake him up. Let that sink in for a second. That's the peace of God. That's amazing. That is amazing. He couldn't care less. He's just snoo- in between two guards. He's just snoozing. He could not care less about the people who want to kill him the day after. That is the peace of God. The peace that guards your heart and your mind in Jesus Christ. There are many, many, many stories in the Old and in the New Testament like this one. This Daniel in the lion's den. 
Daniel was thrown into a lion's den and he answers the king in the most peaceful way the next morning. The king is like rushing and is like, it says in a bewailing, vo- in, a, in a wailing voice, I think. or in like, He's just like really grieved. He's like, Daniel, has your God saved you? And he's like, oh king, my God has saved me and everything is fine. He sent an angel to stop the mouth of the lion and everything is okay. It doesn't always end in life though. There are people who are peaceful, very, very peaceful. In their death. Stephen was being stoned. And he looked up and he says, I saw heaven open. And I saw the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of God. Peace. Why? Because Christ is with him. Because Christ is with them. Because Christ is with me. Because Christ is with you. If these men can endure these kinds of trials... And be completely fine. Be completely at peace. This God of yesterday, today and forever. Who hasn't changed. Who gives them that peace. Gives you and me that same peace. Now compare your problems a little bit. okay, To, to the heavy scenarios we have here. And it's not just the scenarios in the Bible. Compare yourself to the people who ISIS has captured. Compare your situation. What, what are my troubles compared to theirs? And yet God cares just as much for my minuscule troubles, just as much as He cares about theirs. Just as much about, as He cared about the apostles' troubles. Which uni am I going to go to? What job am I going to I'm about to graduate in like three months or 13 weeks or something like that. And I have no idea what's going to happen after that time. There's a... Uh, an awesome quote I read. Yes, I think C.S. Lewis said it, but I can't remember. It says, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And that's enough for me. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that my God is faithful. I know that He's brought me this far and He's brought millions and millions of others before me. This far and further. And He will carry me all the way home. And that's enough for me. What can threaten you? What can threaten me? Nothing. Do you have any reason to be afraid if you know that God Himself is standing next to you? Whether you see Him or not? Is there any situation? Just get it into your mind that this is God we're talking about. This is the Creator of the universe who, can, who brought everything you see around you into existence by a single word. You think your VCE scores are a problem for him? You think who your wife or husband is going to be is a problem for him? You think your uni course, your job, where you're going to move to, you think any of that is a problem for the person who created the universe with a word? Come on. There's nothing, nothing to worry about. Nothing. Nothing. As long as your eyes are on him. When Peter came out onto the water, he was looking at Christ and he was walking. He said, walk towards me. Call me to walk out to the water towards you. And so he did. And then Satan began to whisper in his ear, oh, look at the waves around you. Look at the gale around you. Instantly, Peter begins to sink. Your eyes need to be on Christ. Need to be on your source of peace. Need to be on your source of strength. Need to be on your source of direction. God is the one who gives us direction.
Now, we said peace comes from trust. Peace comes from faith. In Christ. In the source of it. The source of faith. I remember I saw... Um, actually, before that. When I was five, we lived in this really, really like tiny suburb with like all these like little dirt roads and super narrow like alleyways and stuff um, when I was a kid and one time I was walking with dad hand in hand he was holding my hand and we were crossing the street and as we were almost towards the other side this red sports car turns in I remember this distinctly this red sports car turns into the super narrow alleyway and the guy just floors it and he's about five meters away from me and dad. And I remember dad was almost at the curb. So we took a quick step and he, li he lifted me and dragged me off to the other side and pulled me into safety. And all I remember, because I was like, I'm like, that's a cool car. I had like no sense of like the fact that I was in mortal danger in that moment. But I realized afterwards how, how close that shave was. After that, as I'm walking with my dad in the street, I'm not worried about anything because I know that dad has saved me before. Dad is capable of saving me. When I'm holding this man's hand, I'm safe. As a child, that's all you think about. As a child of God, that's all you think about. I'm holding my father's hand, except this father. This father is perfectly strong, is perfectly knowledgeable too. When your parents, when you're a kid, they say... Uh, they do something against what you really, really want and they say, you know what, it's for your own good. And most of the time, 99% of the time, they're right and it is. But they can't see the future and that's the difference between our earthly parents and our heavenly father. They can't see the future. Even, it doesn't matter how well intentioned and how well meaning they are, they can't see the future. But God can. I remember seeing this um, movie scene, which and like I've never ever spoken about a movie while giving it, and Dave must be like happy about that. But anyway, this this actually made this made an impact on me. It was just this slow motion commentary of the events that happened in this woman's life in one day that led up to her having an accident, and her husband is commenting on each of these events. As she gets up to the accident. And he says, uh, or she woke up at like 5.03. If she had woken up at 5.04, the accident wouldn't have happened. If she hadn't delayed to say hi to this person, she would have crossed the street in time and the accident wouldn't have happened. If she'd gone to this place first instead of this place, the accident wouldn't have happened. And he goes through every event and you see for the first time, I've never thought about it like this before, the tiniest events in our day, the second by second things, add up and lead us into a particular path. Now, if you can possibly begin to imagine this with me, God, before you were born, has played out every single possible scenario of every second of your life. You let that sink in for a second. Every variation of every second of every year of your life, God has already played all the way to the end and gotten to know what that scenario would lead to. And when he says, my will for you is good, perfect and pleasing, he's saying, I've picked the optimum path, the best 
possible one. The one that will lead to your greatest satisfaction and my highest glory. And the one that will give you peace. When I say that God will give you peace, I say it again. It doesn't mean that the circumstances surrounding that peace will be peaceful ones. In fact, like I said before, God's peace is characterized by when it comes in these crazy circumstances. Paul and Silas were sitting in prison and they had been just whipped, like I think 40 stripes minus one, so their backs are completely raw and they've been thrown into a black dungeon and their feet have been put in the stock. So they're in a very uncomfortable position and they're bleeding and they're in like extreme pain. And it says, when midnight came, they began to sing. Do these look like people who are scared to you? I, I don't, I'm not chirpy when I'm scared. I don't sing. These people are fine. They're fine. They're singing. They're more than fine. They're happy. God's plan for you might not be easy. God's purpose for you might not be easy. The decisions you have to walk through, the situations you may be put in, like those 21 men who ISIS captured, won't be easy. But God gives you one promise. I am with you. Always. Even unto the end of the age. And because I'm with you, nothing else matters. You can endure anything because I am with you. And that's enough. That's all He wants to say tonight. That's all I want to say to you tonight. It's just whatever it is in the back of your mind. Put it in front of God and compare it to His power. And you tell me what's bigger and whether you should still be scared. That's it. That's all. Remember who your God is. Remember who you're walking with. Remember His promises. Remember His track record. He has never failed anyone. And He has given you the ending of everything that's going to happen in this life and in the next. It's all written down. You don't need to go to a psychic to get it. It's all written down. Beginning to end. And He has never failed and He never will fail. Therefore, trust God and believe Him. Do not be afraid. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, what can we say, Lord? If you are for us, then who can be against us? What can stand against us, Lord? We thank you so much for your faithfulness, Lord. For your consistency. For your promise. My peace I give to you, Lord. We thank you so much that you have ensured us past, present, and future, Lord. And there is no circumstance that you have not foreseen, Lord. But you are holding our hand through every waking second of our lives, Lord. Until we close our eyes and see you face to face. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters and for myself, Lord, that you would remind us of this daily, Lord, and that you would keep our hearts in your peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.